The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Today, expert knowledge is so highly valued that we learn to lead first as the expert whose mastery of the details helps teams solve problems. Eventually, as your leadership role expands, expert leaders find themselves in a role where others know more. Details are no longer so accessible, and decisions are made without a full understanding. Welcome to Out of the Comfort Zone with Dr. Wanda Wallace. It's time to find out how to make the transformation smooth and flawless. Now, here is Dr. Wanda Wallace. Welcome to Out of the Comfort Zone. I'm Wanda Wallace. Our focus today is on promoting yourself. It's hard to go to any talk today about your career, progressing your career, advancing your career, without hearing something from someone about the need to promote yourself. Now, I know from all the people that I talk to that there are a handful of people who get on and promote themselves and do a brilliant job of it. But most of the people I talk to don't like to promote themselves, don't think they're any good in promoting themselves, and secretly wish there was a reason they didn't need to. They may believe it, but they just don't want to do it. So they don't follow that advice. And I find particularly for expertise-driven leaders, they want their work to speak for itself, and that should be adequate. I shouldn't have to talk about myself. So the focus today is, so how important is this self-promotion really? So how, do you, how can you do it in a way that doesn't feel creepy or grandiose or very ego-centric? Uh, and how can you be sure that it has the impact you want it to have? With me today is Bonnie Marcus. Bonnie has 20-plus years of sales and management experience. She's been voted one of the world's top 30 coaches. Her firm, Women's Success Coaching, and while she focuses on women, I'm going to tell you her advice is just as applicable to men. The latest book among several is The Politics of Promotion, How High Achieving Women Get Ahead and Stay Ahead. She's a regular contributing writer for Forbes and Business Insider, and she's been featured in all sorts of places, including Fast Company, Fortune, Wall Street Journal, Psychology Today, and the list goes on. So, Bonnie, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Wanda. You know, I was thinking, what a great topic self-promotion is for Out of the Comfort Zone, because, uh, you know, 99% of the people have a lot of discomfort around self-promotion. So it's a good fit. Thank you for having me on the show. It's a pleasure to have you here. And I agree with you. It's a hard one to get right. I spend more time trying to help people figure this out. So I'm looking forward to your advice. So let's focus on this whole thing about self-promotion. Um, and I want to talk first about do we really need it? And I want to talk about this concept of meritocracy. Most of the senior leaders that I deal with want to have a meritocratic society or culture. One of the, my companies is actually really actively promoting meritocracy as a port, part of their culture. So is this, for, I have two fold questions. One, is that even achievable, achievable and why is the merit alone not enough? Well, I love to hear that some companies are 
focusing, you know, with some intention on trying to create that because for the most part, you know, businesses do not have meritocracy. And I, I believe that anywhere, any kind of an organization has some kind of culture or politics that would sabotage meritocracy. Um, once a company decides that this is what they really want and they align uh, their performance reviews, their incentives, and, and everything around it, um, you might have a chance at eliminating uh, the, some of the need, but I, it's not reality. It, it really isn't reality um, in the work today. Um, people are too busy to go out of their way to re- recognize and reward you. It's just that everybody's focused on their own stuff, and we have way more work to do today than we've ever had. So, you know, the idea that you're going to go out of your way to notice what somebody else is doing, help them create visibility based on on their work is is, um, not realistic. I think we come to this idea, especially as experts, you know, we've had great success perhaps in our academic careers. And in academics, you focus really, you know, you, on the hard work. You keep your head down. You take on, you know, maybe some extra projects to get that magna cum laude, summa cum laude, whatever that is. Your hard work definitely led to success. And then you get in the workplace and you assume that it's going to translate, that same work ethic is going to translate to career success. And it's really disillusioning to find out that, no, that's not what happens. And for some of us, it's a real rude awakening that um, we're just used to being rewarded that way. And then when we find out that it's different, we're kind of at a loss. It's, I certainly see that a lot of times, Bonnie, that the from the university days and from the very early career days, putting your head down, being smarter, working harder than anybody else around you gets you noticed by a manager. And I find increasingly with expert leaders where you get recognized as being the expert in an area in your company, some of the kudos that come with that can just come without a whole lot of uh, self-promotion and so forth because you are the expert. You're our guru on X. The problem comes, though, when you're no longer the expert, and sometimes even when you are the expert getting recognized, when you want to move beyond that, you want to have a bigger scope or you take on a larger scope, then I think it's harder. I'll give you an example. I was uh, yesterday doing a webinar, and we had a technical specialist who was listening into the webinar and had moved 10 years ago into project management from that technical specialty. And now as a project manager, how do you get recognized? It's a lot harder. Okay, so I want to come back to something you said. You said that in reality, people don't go out of their way to notice what you've done and to help you create visibility. Is that just because we're all working so hard? Yeah, I think so. And I, I, I mean, we're so focused on our own to-do list. Um, there's certainly higher expectations as to our 
our productivity these days, our workload has increased. And we're not held accountable or incentivized uh, to do that for the most part. I think if an organization truly has the mission to become more of a meritocracy, they have to look at those kinds of things because people are just focused on what their immediate goals are. And that doesn't always include advocating for others, unfortunately, unfortunately. Okay. All right. And I see that all the time, uh, uh, talking about talking with leaders who are both trying to do the production as well as the management. They're so busy maintaining their own production that the management part of their job falls by the wayside. And in that context, you're right, they don't have time to go out of their way to figure out what an individual team member has done and to create any visibility around that. I, I find, quite honestly, in the individual team member can't remember what they've done over the last six months either. It's just the pace. Right. So, so uh, it's important to keep track of that. I mean, that's one of the ways that I recommend if to learn how to promote yourself is to really keep track of all those accomplishments because we do take them for granted. We forget about them. It's like, oh, no big deal. And uh, when it comes to the end of the year, whether it's a performance review or something like that, we we don't remember them. They seem all of a sudden insignificant. And do you have a particular system you advise people to use in keeping track of them, or is it just a running list? Or uh, well, I do suggest that everyone keep a success journal, and uh, you know, daily record or weekly record what you have accomplished during the week. Um, with my some of my clients, I will tell them to create a weekly status report or a biweekly. Depends on how often they might meet with their manager and have that written record. You know, create the status report about everything that they've achieved since the last time they met. Um, really, it serves as a foundation for ongoing discussion about maybe some of the challenges, but also it's a platform to talk about what you have accomplished in that time frame. So when it's written, your immediate, you know, your supervisor also has a record of it. Now, a lot of people feel like I have to wait until I've gotten a big major accomplishment. So if I have a weekly catch-up with my manager and I'm moving a project along that's going to take us nine months to get it completed, really every week, I mean, what kind of status do I give in those cases? I believe that we need to keep track. There are things that happen during the day that we we don't even think of as, uh, like you said, a, a great accomplishment but can lead to something significant. We, we even forget our part, you know, what part we played in some kind of a, of a success or a project. So keeping track of it when, when you have to focus on it and you have to make an entry, it helps to remind you that it doesn't necessarily need to be the big win. I just brought in a client with, you know, $100 million more revenue. It doesn't need to be that. It, it can be something that contributed to that success, and, and that's important. It's not all about the big, big wins. Okay. Something you said I, earlier, though, um, you know, you talked about experts, about people um, being recognized kind of as the go-to person. And I talk about that a lot with my clients because I, I see that there's 
a, a danger in being that go-to person. I mean, it feels good, Wanda, because mm-hmm. people come to us as, you know, we're known as the expert. But to really establish your leadership, you need to think more strategically and get beyond that um, kind of doing and uh, more task-oriented work. So taking the time to be more strategic about your work, how you can leverage the results is an important part of self-promotion too. And sometimes we just, we're on this treadmill, we're doing and we're doing and people are coming to us for advice and we don't take the time to really stop, unplug and say, okay, how does this project or how does my approach or how does this work, how can it benefit other people, other departments, you know, how can it benefit the organization? Because we're just moving too fast. We have to think about strategic ways to position ourselves. Okay, so can you give me an example of moving from the doing, the task-oriented, let me get it done, I will be the go-to get-it-done person, into being more strategic about how I'm impacting the work of the organization? Mm-hmm. Um, well, this is where, uh, first of all, uh, let me say that to really promote yourself effectively, what you want to do is position yourself as someone who can take the business forward, someone who can help other people in the organization, other departments, or the organization as a whole move towards its goals. And so you are always looking for ways that your work and the way you do your work which, you know, I call your value proposition, how that leads to specific business outcomes and then how you can leverage that work um, and position yourself as somebody who can help the organization reach those goals. So with self-promotion, what we tend to do very often is, if we promote ourselves, is talk about past accomplishments And, yeah, that's great. So, you know, again, we're talking about merit and and great performance, past accomplishments. That's really terrific. But ideally what you want to do is position yourself as someone who has that potential. And that's the key to really effective self-promotion. It's understanding your value proposition and how that work is going to help the organization move forward. Okay, I like that notion of the value proposition, but the value proposition now is based on how it is that I can help take the business forward, how I help the other organizations, other departments, other people move towards their goals. So it's broader than just me. It's more than just the work that I do. Is that right? Well, that's not the value proposition. That's how you have to position using your value proposition. The value, your value proposition is unique to you. That's the unique way you do your work, your approach to your work that helps achieve specific positive business outcomes. Okay. All right. And so once you understand that, then you can see how you can take the business forward. Okay. Give me an example of a value proposition, for example, so I have a sense of what that means. Uh, an example of a value proposition? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so a client of mine is in a sales position. So she was brought in 
to implement solution selling across the organization that was used to a much more traditional approach. Um, but she's got a lot of sales expertise and um, a great track record of, of performance. But when we are trying to figure out what is her kind of special sauce, what is that really um, adds value to the organization that's unique to her is that she actually sees gold where no one else does. And her value proposition she came up with, you know, I seize and seize opportunities for increased revenue. Well, her ability to see and seize those opportunities results in, say, 34% increased income. That's her value proposition. And so she can position herself in the organization to help others dig for the gold, find the gold, and uh, go out and get it. Does that make sense? That makes a ton of sense. And it sounds like um, there's a lot of help that's needed in terms of coming up with your own value proposition. All right. So let me see if I can get a recap a tad bit here of where we've been. So the first thing you'd say is a meritocracy is a fabulous idea and applaud any company who's going after it. The complexity is, though, that most managers are insanely busy and don't really have time to notice what people are underneath them are doing and help create visibility with that. Therefore, as an individual, my job is partly to keep track of my accomplishments. I love your idea of a success journal, a daily or a weekly record, Mm -hmm. and giving a weekly status update so that there's a a written record, both for me and for my manager, of what it is that I have done. Okay? Correct. Uh, The next part is not to get so focused on just your to-do list, but to step out of the to-dos, the execute, the implement, and start to see your job in a much more strategic way. So understand your unique value proposition. What is it that you uniquely bring to the company that enables the company to move forward, not just get your work done, but to move forward? So you're looking for a way that you help organizations, help departments move towards their other goal. That's right. That's great. All right. That sounds perfect. So, so when, now- when people talk about, say, their value proposition or, you know, they're asked, well, how do you contribute? Very often, Wanda, you get a long list of adjectives. You know, I'm organized, I'm analytical, I'm a team player. And think about it. I mean, it doesn't really mean anything unless you can connect the dots for people. So because you're a team player... You know, you brought together as a project manager, you met certain deadlines which, you know, um, brought in X amount of revenue or saved X amount of, of operating income, whatever it is. But those adjectives alone don't do it because people really need to understand what is unique about how you do it. Right. And why it is that your uh, your team playing is somehow a different contribution than somebody else's team playing. I agree with you. The list of adjectives I hear from people, they all sound the same after a while. I'm a great executor. I'm a great team player. I'm a great communicator. I'm a great manager. Okay, yes, check. If you're not, we don't want you here. Now, what's your unique proposition? Now, what does that mean? Well, the, the real challenge is that this is um, something that's, so much a part of who we are that we overlook it. We take it for granted. Okay. And right, that, it's, yeah. 
That's a perfect pause. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, I want to get down. You have a methodology for teaching people for how to uncover this value proposition. So let's get down to the tactics when we come back from break. With me today is Bonnie Marcus. Um, Her website is Women's Success Coaching. She's one of the world's top 30 coaches. And the book is The Politics of Promotion, How High Achieving Women Get Ahead and Stay Ahead. Come back. We'll be talking about how do you identify your value proposition. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you want more information on the coaching and seminars we offer, go to our website at www.leadershipforuminc.com. If you are interested in finding out more, you can also purchase a copy of the forthcoming book or any of Dr. Wallace's current books by clicking on the links under the resources tab on our website at www.leadershipforuminc.com. You're also sure to find some handy links, videos, and more to help you create a winning strategy for your organization. Leadership Forum, Inc., helping organizations get it and keep it. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Out of the Comfort Zone. To reach Dr. Wanda Wallace or her guest, Call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to wanda.wallace at leadershipforuminc.com. Now, back to Out of the Comfort Zone. Welcome back. With me today is Bonnie Marcus. Bonnie is a coach, a speaker, and author with over 20 years of experience in both sales and management, voted one of the world's top 30 coaches. Her website, Women's Success Coaching, has a number of tools, including a career success scorecard. And the book, The Politics of Promotion, gives you a roadmap for how to get the promotion you think you deserve. We've been talking about the importance of self-promotion. And the basic argument from Bonnie has been the following. First off, it's great if we have a meritocracy, but rarely do we have managers who have the time to notice what we've done, particularly on a systematic, you know, ongoing basis. And certainly even if they notice, they don't necessarily have the chance to create the visibility for you. So two tips for you already. One is keep a track record of your accomplishments, a success journal, and write in it daily and weekly and keep a regular status up report that's written that you go to your manager so at the end of any period of time you've got a regular step of what we're doing. Now the key notion here for being effective value propos or effective self-promoting is not just to go out and say I'm great. What you <laughs> want to be able to do is to talk about what you bring uniquely to the company 
that adds value. And that adds value not just because you're doing and executing, but because you're helping the business move towards its goals or other people work to move towards its goals. So, Bonnie, you call this your unique value proposition, and you just gave us a brilliant example before the break. So tell me, what are the steps involved, and how can I how can I can even begin to think through what my unique value proposition is? Well, you know, it's not that easy because, as I said in the first segment, we take for granted what we contribute, and we don't recognize um, how unique our contribution is. Uh, we. I think our default is to really look at what everybody else is doing and say, wow, you know, look at that person, look at that person. The inner work that's involved in figuring out your own value proposition, you know, takes some focus and and certainly takes intention. Um, In my book, I have like five tools um, for a political toolkit, which helps you to get ahead and promote and position yourself. And the first one for self-promotion is a mirror. And the reason I use a mirror is that it reminds you that you need to look at yourself. As uncomfortable as that might be, you need to really think about uh, what you contribute and how you contribute that leads to positive business outcomes. The exercise that um, actually is in the book that I do with all of my clients is to write out a couple of successful situations in which you were involved. So you don't necessarily need to be the lead. You might be uh, a team member. But what was the project and what was your contribution to it? So what was successful and how did you contribute to it? And then think about, well, what was unique about my contribution? What did I actually contribute? It helps if you have a coach that you can go back and forth with or a mentor or, you know, a colleague at work who who knows your work and can give you feedback and keep questioning you so that you can, you know, boil this down. In the first segment, um, I gave you an example of a, a woman that I'm working with who came up with her value proposition. You know, she sees gold where no one else does, and she sees and seizes opportunities. Well, that came through a lot of um, written brainstorming about successful situations, just writing it out, writing it out, what your contribution was, and back and forth bouncing that back with, with somebody else to help, help you really focus on it. It's not like, I don't want anybody to think, okay, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to come up with somebody, something so focused, like two sentences right off the bat. It, it does take some work, but once you get it, it's such an aha moment because it, all of a sudden you can understand your potential and the impact that you have um, in the organization that you didn't before. It fuels your confidence because you know how your work is leading to success. And we it's so important to take the time to do that. This uh, reminds me, one of my, just as you're talking about it, reminds me of two things. The first thing is a very senior leader that I worked with um, in one of my clients 
who said of himself and his career track record. He says, Wanda, I think all I've ever done is spot talent and get out of its way. Mm-hmm. But that's a value proposition. And the same way is I see gold and understand how to seize gold. So that's my first comment. I can see how this is so powerful if you can get down to it. And, the second thing is it reminds it. me of yeah, I'm sorry. connecting it. Connecting it no, to no. business outcomes is what really brings the power. So if he could say that and say that then he led the company to do this or because he that's his proposition, his value proposition, he was able to then do or achieve X, Y, and Z, that's really powerful. Okay, so, so I've had I see two- it as, yeah, it's more, the value proposition is the first step in the process with self-promotion. You have to know how you contribute to specific positive business outcomes. You need to know that. And then the second step is, well, what does everybody else want and need? What is the business hoping to achieve? And then you align how you can help based on the value, based on the way you do your work. That's the third step. You have to connect the dots for people. So you understand your value proposition. Then you understand, you identify what the business is hoping to achieve, and you align your value proposition with what the business is hoping to achieve, and bingo, people get it. Okay. Um, so now, how does this go in practice? I want to come back to your tools in a minute, but how does this go in practice? So I've come up with my value proposition. I'm good at identifying gold and turning that into revenue streams, however we want to say that one. Do I just go out and tell people that? How do I use no. that in a self-promotional no. way? No. So what you would do is um, figure out what the business wants and needs or what your supervisor is hoping to achieve, and you align your value proposition, you offer to help based on what you know you can contribute, and you create credibility and visibility in the organization that way. You build mutually beneficial relationships of influence. Okay. All right. So let's go back to the basic steps here. I have to understand what my value proposition is. And you said that there are five tools. One is the mirror. I'm going to look at myself. I'm going to try to understand what of all the success situations I have been in, what have I done? What's been my contribution? And try to figure out what's been unique about what I've offered in that particular, those particular situations. What other tools can I use? Well, the next tool that I have, I mentioned in my book is a magnifying glass. And the magnifying glass is to observe the workplace dynamics. Okay. So that helps you with positioning yourself once you know the value proposition. Uh, because you want to make sure that it's going to resonate with people. It's one thing to know it, but you need to know how to communicate it. So when you understand... Uh, who who has power and influence? You know what the culture says. Well, you know what's rewarded, what isn't rewarded about either self promotion or assertion or you know whatever it is. And 
what the rules are, what some of the unwritten rules are. Those are the three things to look at. But then you understand how to position yourself given your value proposition. You can't do it in a vacuum because chances are it will backfire. All right. So the woman that you've been giving this example with all along um, who says that after a lot of work, she comes to understand that what she does is uh, find gold and sees the opportunity. Can you give more about how she would then go out and talk to people about that? Sure. So what we've done is identify uh, key stakeholders. Who, who in the organization has the power and influence to help her achieve her career goal? And okay. we, once we identify those people, then we, we gather information, either directly or indirectly, about what's important to them and what they're hoping to achieve. And then she can align what she brings to the table. So, for instance, she worked globally. She'll work with uh, VPs in different com- countries who may be struggling to reach their, um, you know, their gross revenue goal. And maybe they don't have, they have some budgetary um, restrictions on developing new programs. Well, she can come in and, say, and find the gold with say, existing customers. And she can position herself that way, knowing what the situation is, because she's gathered that information, knowing what's important to that particular stakeholder. Okay. All right. So now I get why your magnifying glass is so important. This is a chance to look at you know who has the power and who has the influence and who's connected to whom and what gets rewarded so I know what is going to be valued and what is not going to be valued or respected and how I go about doing that, sort of the unwritten rules. And now I have some tools then to understand how I bring my value proposition to the forefront and align. Correct. Okay. All right. So there's two tools, the mirror and the magnifying glass. What is the third one? The third one is the Pasco Collect $200 card, <laughs> which is from Monopoly. So when you, when you got that card or you landed on that space, you, you got more money, right? And you progressed around the board faster. So I use that as a symbol for networking in a very strategic way. So many of us do not strategically network around our career goal, we network in a very kind of haphazard way. You know, it's kind of the throw spaghetti against the wall, see what sticks approach to networking instead of uh, very focused and intentional. And that starts with what you're trying to achieve. Again, who are the key stakeholders? Who are the people who have power and influence? And then building mutually beneficial relationships with these people across the organization to help you, number one, get allies and champions, help you sell your initiatives, right, Um, and also to help advocate for you. So they understand your value proposition and they are willing and able to speak for you. And that's how you broaden, you know, your influence, you're using your value proposition to create more visibility with, with these people. And by doing that, you're getting more people who can advocate and speak for you. Again, 
decision makers, people who have who have influence. And your network should include um, key stakeholders. It should include uh, operational people who help you get your job done every day. And then the last category are the people I call connectors. You know, those people in the organization who have, like, a lot of information about people and, and they can connect you and help open up doors to people that you don't know that well. Okay. All right. So three tools. Mirror. What are the successes that I have been involved in and what has been my contribution to those successes? A lot of deep reflection, a lot of analysis. Do this with a coach, do this with a mentor. What a great exercise to go through with a mentor or to do it with a peer who's watched you and who can comment on what it is that you've done and not done. Second tool is a magnifying glass, really understanding the dynamics around me and in the organization, what's rewarded, what's not, who has power, who has influence, what the rules are, and so I know how to position myself in an appropriate way. And then the third one is to be very strategic about the network that I'm building, the key stakeholders, the operational people who get me, help me get things done, and the connectors who build the broad, broad visibility. Makes me think, Bonnie, that no wonder we don't do self-promotion very well because this takes some time and concerted effort. It does take focus. It does, yeah. And I believe in being very strategic about your career anyway. That's that's my whole approach. Uh, Opportunities certainly will present themselves, but when you know where where you want to go... It's much easier to evaluate opportunities that come along, and if you need to take a sidestep or you know maybe a lateral move, uh, it helps you assess uh, and, and make certain decisions along the way. And and by the way, that end goal can change over time, but at least you have some place where you are, you know, some destination where you're focused. I can also imagine that this kind of focused efforts helps other people speak about you in a very structured, coherent way. Absolutely. Rather than she or he is a nice person, they're really smart, they're an expert, we could get much, much more constructive conversation with these kind of tools. Okay, we're going to talk a break. take a break again, and when we come back, we're going to talk about how do you do this with building your credibility all at the same time. So the next phase of all of this Bonnie Marcus, a coach, speaker, and author, 20 years' experience in the corporate world, one of the world's top 30 coaches. Her website, Women's Success Coaching, has a number of tools that will help you, including a career success scorecard. And the book is The Politics of Promotion, um, a roadmap for getting the promotion you deserve. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. If you want more information on the coaching and seminars we offer, go to our website at www.leadershipforuminc.com. If you are interested in finding out more, you can also purchase a copy of the forthcoming book or any of Dr. Wallace's current books by clicking on the links under the resources tab on our website at www.leadershipforuminc.com. 
You're also sure to find some handy links, videos, and more to help you create a winning strategy for your organization. Leadership Forum, Inc., helping organizations get it and keep it. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Klass. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Out of the Comfort Zone. To reach Dr. Wanda Wallace or her guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to wanda.wallace at leadershipforuminc.com. Now, back to Out of the Comfort Zone. Welcome back. With me today is Bonnie Marcus, a coach, speaker, and author, 20 years experience in the corporate world, one of the world's top 30 coaches. The book we've been talking about is The Politics of Promotion, which is a roadmap for getting the promotion you think you deserve. Bonnie's a writer in a whole bunch of different places and has been featured in a lot of magazines, so lots to say on this topic. So the notion of self-promotion, if I just synthesize this down to very few points, the key idea is it would be lovely if your manager could help you do the promotion, but really does the manager have the time, him or herself, to notice what you've done and certainly not then to create the visibility for you. That means you need to take control of it. Take control about it is not going around beating your chest saying, hey, look at me, I'm great. It's actually understanding your unique value proposition and then aligning that value proposition with the organization in a way that creates credibility. And we've just been talking about how you align or how you create your value proposition, which is fundamentally around starting to notice what it is that you have been involved in that has been successful and what has been unique in your contribution and a few other tools along the way. So I want to turn now and talk about this whole notion of credibly aligning with the organization. All right, let me just start at the top. One of the things that I know from people are going to say is, yeah, 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 I got a value proposition. It sounds a little bit corny. And if I just go around and say that to people, it doesn't feel authentic at all. What's your response to that? Well, the idea is not to memorize a pitch. I don't know how many workshops and things I've sat through where people are teaching you know, the elevator pitch. Uh, they need to come up with something in, in like, a, you know, 30 seconds or less as to why they're, they're wonderful. And you can feel the tension in the room. I mean, it, because it's not like a normal kind of conversation, and we feel really inauthentic and phony pitching ourselves that way, you know, in... Um, in a kind of proactive way. What I'm talking about is a much more organic kind of approach where you don't memorize anything, 
but you understand how you contribute, what you bring to the table. And that allows you to position yourself and see opportunities for increasing your visibility and credibility. You get it, and then you help others to understand understand it as well. And it's not ego-driven. It's based on, you know, how your work benefits the organization. It's not like, I'm wonderful, I'm this, I'm that. It's, well, you have done this, you've been able to uh, accomplish this based on, you know, your talent to see gold, you know, where others don't see it. And, and therefore, let me help you. I can help you to, to build your business, to increase your revenue. So it's not, it's not something that you memorize. It's something that, you, that grows organically. Because you get it, you see how you can help others in the organization help the business. Once we, you know, when we're told that we have to promote ourselves, many people um, feel uncomfortable because they think they've got to memorize some kind of phony pitch. It never rings true. But when you take the time to understand how you contribute, you, you don't have to do that. The opportunities will become so obvious to you. Okay, so they feel much more natural, much more part of the conversation. Much and, more. and a much more helpful way. I'm doing this not to show you how great I am. I'm actually doing this to help a cause that you're caring about, a goal that you have, a need that you have. And maybe this, this will help. Consider self-promotion as a leadership skill. And a lot of people say, huh, what do you mean leadership skill? Well, when you can communicate to others how the work that your team has done, what, what you've done in your department, et cetera, has benefited the organization, when you can see ways to leverage that work across your organization so that others can achieve similar outcomes, you really are showing yourself as a, as a leader. And so if you don't talk about this kind of stuff, you really, um, you know, I say to my clients, sometimes you're stingy. You're stingy. Look what you accomplished and how you did it. Look at that unique way that you um, achieved success in that project. Don't you think others could learn from that or benefit from that? So when you share that information, you really emerge as a stronger leader. Now, presumably, I don't want to walk around and say, hey, look, I achieved this great result. Let me show you how I did it. No. No. But there will be opportunities where um, you you can think about, uh, if you think about your work in a more strategic way, you can find ways to position that work across the organization to help certain people and help the organization as a whole. You know, maybe it was a a different approach. Maybe you had an out-of-box, you know, way of achieving something. And if you share that with others, 
they might be able to benefit from that. Okay. All right, and this is presumably why the second step in your process that we talked about, uh, which is the magnifying glass and learning the dynamics, what's accepted, mm-hmm. what's not accepted, what's valued, what's not valued, helps you find credit, more credible ways of talking about the ways in which you've done things. Correct. Okay. So now I have to ask this question, buddy. Does your value proposition actually become static or does it change over time? You know, that's, that's a great question. It does not change because it's who you are. So it's not dependent on your job description or the company that you work with. It is innate to who you are. You will bring that with you no matter where you go because it's the way you approach your work it's, that's unique to who you are. So okay. it, it transcends any position. Okay. I mean, you could say, say you're really analytical, um, and you say that's your value proposition. Well, how are you analytical? <laughs> you know, what's unique about the way you analyze data or the situation or trends? How do you approach it that might be a little different? Um, so that's the kind of thing that you're looking for. Okay. Now, presumably, as I progress my career, though, I move out of being analytical into doing something else. And then does my value proposition change at that point? It really shouldn't change because it's based on who you are as a person. Okay. So this is down to the core essence of who I am. It's down to my identity as a leader. Yeah. So if you go back to, you know, the example I gave about you know, seeing gold where no one else sees it. It Right now she's in the sales position. At some point she may be senior VP of sales. You know, she may be CEO of a company. So how does the fact that she can really find um, special opportunities that no one else does, how does that help her company as CEO? How does that help the whole national sales team to change their approach. So the basic thing doesn't change, even though the role may change. Does that help? Okay, that helps. So some of my identity, how I've created value, holds with me, regardless what the roles are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let me ask you, any other advice you have here about self-promotion? Is there anything else we should be thinking about? Well, What's important is that you don't always have to promote yourself. If you build a strong network and you build mutually beneficial relationships, people really understand they get what you bring to the table, they will advocate for you. They will help you to sell you know, your ideas across the organization, um, etc., so building those allies and champions is really important, too, because, you know, you can't be everywhere all the time. You can't be at every meeting. But if you're not at that meeting and there's somebody who really, you know, knows you, they can put your name forward. And the other thing is, you know, if you can find a sponsor, because that's another tool in my toolkit, having a sponsor is a really powerful relationship with somebody who 
understands the value you bring and creates opportunities for you in the organization. Uh, they literally bring you up through the ranks um, in the organization. So having a sponsor is a, the most powerful advocate you can have. Okay. Now, presumably, if I have done the value proposition well, and I've been smart about the strategic network that I need, and I have aligned what I can uniquely bring my value proposition against the goals of the organization or of another group, presumably, that is a natural way of building sponsors. Is that fair? That's fair. I get asked a lot, well, how do I ask somebody to be my sponsor? Well, the fact is that some of the most powerful sponsor um, protege relationships grow organically. So that doesn't mean that you shouldn't identify people who can be potential sponsors early on, begin to get visibility with them, work on projects you know that are important to them, but it, it grows over time where they understand your value. And it's not where you set up a coffee with someone and say, will you be my sponsor? If they don't really have that experience with you. So strategically look for people, identify people who could be your sponsor, and then work to build that relationship and build that visibility. So to your point, it happens. This reminds me of a story I've told a couple of times on the show, so I'll repeat it here because it's so relevant. Someone coming in from outside an industry creates a, uh, a very targeted list of people that he needs to get to know and build a strong relationship with. To do that, beside each person, he says, what's their primary goal? And beside each person's primary goal, he says, how does what I'm doing on a daily, weekly, monthly basis affect that person's ability to achieve that goal? And then writes it into his objectives to ensure that he stays focused on it and is reporting on it and reminding of it and so forth. And that sounds exactly like the roadmap that you have here in terms of building the value proposition and getting credibility. Mm-hmm. Okay. It does. Very similar. All right, so just to recap really quickly here, with me today is Mar- Bonnie Marcus. Bonnie is a, uh, an executive coach, speaker, and author. The website is Women's Success Coaching. There are a number of tools there that would be helpful for you. And the book, The Politics of Promotion, which is a roadmap for how to get the promotion that you think you deserve. Bonnie's a regular contributor for Forbes and Business Insider, as well as having been featured in Fast Company, Fortune, Wall Street Journal, Psychology Today, and the list goes on. Bonnie, I think... Um, um, as I look through the day, I think some of the highlights for me or the session, the conversation today, the highlights for me are this notion of understanding my unique value proposition. And I do that by looking back through the successes that I have been a part of, not one, but many, and coming to a conclusion of what have I contributed in each of those successes. So I begin to identify that common thread that goes through them, mm-hmm. that becomes my value proposition and then being smart about how I begin to align that value proposition with what the organization needs. And then I have a natural, organic way to promote myself in a way that can be authentic. I also love this notion that it's not about an elevator pitch. It's about steady, ongoing conversations. Bonnie, thank you for being here today. It's a pleasure. Oh, thank you, Wanda. My pleasure. Okay. All right, next week we're going to be talking with Flip Brown, and the topic is going to be well-being. The f- statement is, work life is dead, but we have to live well anyway. So please join us then.
Thank you again for joining us for Out of the Comfort Zone. Tune in again for another edition with Dr. Wanda Wallace next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Take charge this week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.